Hello and welcome to Super Boothers. I am not related to Selena, Ryan Salinas. And I am anything for Salinas. <laughs> Tijuana music fan, Ismail. <laughs> Tijuana? What are you talking about? This you, is in San Diego. That's what it was called, right? Tijuana music. Have you... Tijuana. Tijuana. Oh my Sorry, I messed God. Up. Put a bullet in my head right now. We are ending the episode. <laughs> That's it. We're done. Can't deal with this anymore. Just Tijuana. Just... You have everyone in Texas screaming Listen, at their cars right now. I just got to let it be known that these intros are thrown at me at the last second and I have to quickly come up with something. So that was the best I can do in two seconds. Mm. Um, but I wish, you know, I'm a big fan <laughs> of your last name and I love that part of the movie. Uh, I don't know why it just always cracks me up. Anything for Selena's. It's so. such a funny part of the movie because it's so like, I don't know. Funny enough. I have not seen the new Netflix series. Oh, like, I saw I, it. I saw it, Ryan. Come on. I, ref- I, I just can't, I just can't. And that's the thing is like, no, like I've met Selena, like when she was alive, like I was little, like they're like, I just, I don't know. It's just, I don't you want saw the movie. Too. You saw the movie. That was different. It was like, I don't know. It was J Lo, but I don't know. Whatever. I gotta say, it's different. But I actually thought, um, I forgot the girl's name, but she did a great job, and it was deaf. I think you'd like it. I liked it a lot, actually. So we shall see. I yeah. need to be in a specific mood for that. You, you get more of the story. So if you're a Selena fan, obviously it's not condensed into one movie. So you get to get into way more of the background, the family, and all that other stuff. So, mm. yeah, interesting. Well, anyways, so. I've been doing this thing where I've been like dreading redoing the website because, and I briefly talked about this in the previous episode because I'm so scared to like lose my ranking, but it's gotten to the point now where I have no choice but to redo the website and just kind of like bring it into the, um, bring it into 2022. Um, I am about, I don't know, 12% done. Uh, and I'm already kind of kicking this figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so this is how I know. So I have had to do URL mapping on my previous website, meaning I have to write down every page, all the URL slugs, the titles, the descriptions, the social sharing images. Like it's, it's very minute and it is, it is a, a huge task. Um, but this also is to ensure that whenever the new website goes live, Everything still works. Nothing is broken. Any existing links, they still work. Um, so I just have to make sure that all those things are, are kind of completed. So that's how I know exactly how much of this website is done. Um, and that's also not including any new pages that I put in there. But it's been kind of fun to just kind of like see uh, like where like the website has progressed. There is actually a website out there. I do not know the name of it. But what you can do is it's like a website archive where you can go and look at yeah something like that where you can type in like the url and you could see like the previous iterations of what like these websites were before let me tell you amazon the garbage like there was ebay ebay garbage like start somewhere We most definitely all start somewhere. And I actually have uh, way back when, whenever you like had to like host your own website and you had to like buy like the thing through GoDaddy. And I actually have the old files of what the old website used to look like. That thing is moldy. 
I mean, just the just the photos that were there originally. But it's been kind of nice to kind of like go through all of these things and do it with a fine tooth comb. And I really feel like I'm doing everything right and making sure that every image is tagged, making sure that every photo has a description, making sure that just all the things are kind of all done. And it's just my little process and I really enjoy it. So one thing I'm curious about before we get into the meat of this is that, first of all, I don't know if people listening know this, but you've, you're always been amazing at websites. And I think even if you get into the archives, we talked about tips a lot before. I think you've done content around this before as well. And you still seem to update it more often than the typical person. So I'm curious, Mm. is that more like, is that more of just your personality that you want to refresh it? Like kind of like you change your office and clean your desk, or do you actually see a value and a result from that? So funny enough, I have been desk shopping. There you go. I knew it. But the problem is I won't get it until November. Yeah. They're backed up. So it's, it's February, November. What? What kind of desk is that? (laughs) Well, Again. Exactly. Exactly. Don't worry about it. You're like my mother. Jesus Christ. You're I'm not just... paying for a woman. Um, <laughs> no. So a couple of things. So first of all, you kind of always have to update your website just to show Google, hey, I'm actually active on this and I actually use this thing. Um, so that's also kind of important. Um, what I get a kick out of is, and funny enough, you know, this really sucks. So I was doing website research on my own website and just kind of like Googling myself People have stolen images from my website and have not changed the file names. Oh, yes. Yes, So whenever someone searches for urban events, I pop up under your company. And I know who you are, and I'm contemplating whether or not I should say it or not. But just wait till I'm in a bad mood. (laughs) I mean, well, that's just... I was going to say I'm not touching that one, but actually that's just wrong. There's There's no excuse... For that, and people usually have one: my designer, my outsourced person. Which I will say, I will, I will say this: some of that is very valid. So I had, I had a, I've actually launched a new brand, and with this brand, I had a website designer take care of it for me. Which this is just like such like an offshoot, and I really didn't care about this website. This was why I didn't do it. I had it sent off they emailed back and I had all the information. They stole some of the images from another website that supposedly they did, but I don't really believe it. So I had to be smart enough to catch it, go in, change everything and make sure that it was all my own. So that part I will kind of agree with. And if you're not doing your due diligence and you don't know, you know what someone is doing, then yes, it's easily able to see how, you know, you can get stolen images on your website and not know, but that's only, you know, your fault. I mean, that's true. And I think it's just so easy in today's day and age. You just Google it, you get the image, you copy and paste it. Um, so yeah, you're right. But then that's why most times when you reach out to the person, they're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. They remove it. Uh, even if they, uh, weren't, they intended to do it or not, they usually correct it uh, pretty quickly. It's the ones that don't, uh, that obviously are, are a big problem. So hopefully you reach out to this person and they take care of it. Well, I haven't done anything yet because I'm too tired, but whatever. Um, That's another thing. So whenever I'm going in, I create my own assets. So whenever you go on the website and you see a photo of 
a laptop and then there's a, a screen grab on that screen on that laptop. I'm painstakingly making all of those individually. Um, luckily, I found a couple of tools to kind of help me expedite things a little bit quicker. Um, funny enough, I get a kick out of this. I'm using Canva like all day, every day for everything. And it's so like freaking convenient and it's really annoying. Yeah, Canva, we, I think we even did an episode on this. Even for someone like me that's not designed or creative or whatever, it's really easy to put out like decent looking stuff with Canva. So yeah. um, you definitely should at least use, test it out if you're a photo boother. Well, and that's the thing is I think that there's a lot of things that you can do with, I mean, I, I, have, I use Canva in a pinch. So there is a way for you to do little animations. Fun pro tip that I'm giving away right now. Um, there is a client that was like, oh, you didn't do our logo. I was like, well, honey bun, you never gave it to me. They send their logo. I popped it into Canva, put in like a quick little animation I do three second animations for logos, did the logo animation, popped it into the event for the 360. Fabulous wouldn't even have known the difference. I mean, truly fabulous. And they were like, oh my God, how did you do this? And it's just embarrassing to say Canva, but <laughs> Canva. I mean, it's also like so affordable, the premium uh, service offering they have that like, it's probably the best investment you can make with your business. It's just so I mean, cheap. You should not have it. It is so cheap. And and the thing that I get a kick out of is I could easily see someone being like, well, Ryan, like you do so much and it's so high profile. And, you know, how could you use Canva? It's because I, I, I know what I can do and I know what I can get away with and I know what it's worth. So I think that the big difference here is if you're able to use it smartly and it produces the same thing that you would do on Photoshop quicker on your phone, why not? I mean, it's just so flipping convenient. Yeah. I mean, if the client doesn't notice a difference and they're really happy with it um... and they shouldn't, they shouldn't notice a difference. Like it literally should be just, I mean, I'm not saying use it for everything, but I mean, I've used it in a pinch before. You, you mentioned before something interesting that people probably don't really think about is that, you update your website often, um, I assume, because it helps Google see that it's an actively yeah. contributed to site, which helps you in the rankings. And that reminded me of um, a, a post I saw in the Facebook group, which I had in front of me and I lost it. But it was basically um, someone was saying that they are a technical person and they don't know if they should hire someone to do their SEO or if they should do it themselves. And yeah, I think I saw you comment there that you can do it yourself. So I was curious to hear you elaborate a little bit about that. Cause I think SEO is like such a loaded term that a lot of people it really is, yeah, they don't know what it is or what it includes and yada, yada, yada. So there are a couple of books out there that I think are very beneficial. Um, I'm looking at a couple right now. I mean, I'm looking at this and hell, even if you got SEO for dummies, I think that would be more helpful than for you to pay someone else to do it. The the reason why I'm saying this is because there are so many SEO scams from you know randos that it's very easily to get taken advantage of. I think that if you have a basic understanding of SEO, you'll be still miles more ahead. A, a, a good chunk of SEO also just purely has to do with time. Yep. Um so there's there's just uh, you're not going to be, you know, 
number one in your category overnight. That's just not going to happen in six months. Probably not a bad, you know, goal to set. Um, there's just a lot of things that you just need to make sure that things are just kind of optimized and just things that everyone can do just with their own current website, making sure that titles are on there, making sure that descriptions are on there, making sure that, you know, your, your websites are content rich, that they have search terms built into, um, built into like the regular content. Um, there's little things that you can do. Um, funny enough, I think there's a couple of old school ways of doing things that I always kind of got a kick out of. Um, like where people just like write like a crap ton of search terms and copy and paste it into the footer. Like that's such like an old school thing to do now. Like it's just kind of Google recognizes what you're doing and it's not smart. Um, so I, and that's something is these things change so quickly. And I think that if you're technically proficient enough, like if you're already good, which you should be, if you're listening to this and you're doing somewhat technical stuff, um, you should be able to handle it on your own without having to pay someone, you know, a couple thousand dollars for no reason. So let me do a short little rant here because first of all, I'm not really an SEO expert at by any means. I actually think I don't know enough about it. But the way I think about it is that if I had to boil it down, SEO is really, I guess, three primary things. The first is like the on-site technical setup, like you were saying, like everything is tagged appropriately. Uh, there's like a, there's a structure there for Google to crawl through and quickly like crawl through your site and see, oh, this is what it's about. That's like the on-site technical stuff. It can be as simple as getting a WordPress plugin or something like that and, and just making sure that you put in the right tags. Um, the other thing is the content, like you're alluding to, it just takes time and putting together a bunch of content. Like you have blog posts, you have the promo videos that you've done and constantly adding to your site over time so that Google can crawl through and find more and more things. And then it assumes you're an authority. Um, and then the, the final thing that I would say is that it's backlinks, which is harder yes. to get, but getting other sites to link to your site gives you a, a higher boost in authority. So my, my summary there is that you can read a book or like a guide online and really pick up everything that you need to be doing. Like it's not that complicated. It may seem it at first, but you can pick it up. The problem is, do you want to be doing that? Is it the best use of your time to be working on all that or outsourcing some or all of it to somebody else? Um, some of these SEO people charge an arm and a leg when really it's just about like preparing your site once to take all the tags in and just constantly creating content. So I personally would rather have someone technical get the site set up properly, learn what you have to put in for tags and then hire people or do your own content if you choose to. But like, that's really all it is. And it just takes time to move up the rankings. It's really more of a content game now. I most definitely agree with that. And I think Google pays attention to like how long is someone, someone is on your site to making sure that like, Hey, are you actually providing value and information that people would like to know? Um, so I don't know. I think that for me, it's just easier for me to do it on my own. Um, it's also kind of, I think just part of my process at this point, I think I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be okay with having someone else do it. Well, I think now, you, I guess, I don't know you hit it on the head before, like in the past, 
people were able to do these cramming of keywords and write for a robot and it would work. But you're right. Google yeah. has, and it's been famous, these updates they've done, the Panda update, the Penguin update, they've become extremely sophisticated and you can't really trick the Google algorithm anymore. They're, they're trying trying to make it like the mind of a human. Um, so those technical tricks of stuffing keywords don't really work anymore. It actually hurts you. So I think just creating a good site and putting relevant content on it, like it's not rocket science, is the way you win in the long run. You just have to make sure your site technically, structurally is set up properly. And that's pretty much it. Well, and that's another thing is when, because I briefly did this in my talk in Australia in 2020. Wow, what a year. Uh, <laughs> and one of the things that I did on that uh, is kind of show how I make videos on previous events that I've done, whenever I categorize these things and whenever I publish these things, it's almost like a little like case study or blog or recent events or whatever you want to call it. And I, and everyone, everyone was like, well, Ryan, don't you worry about, you know, someone stealing whatever? No, because you're not going to do it. I, I absolutely know people aren't going to do all the work that we do to, to effectively get to where we are. You're just not going to do it. So I don't mind telling you how I did it because you're not going to do it. Um, one of the things that we have is the formula of we list out the, the name of the event. We list out the experience of what it was and we list out where it was, whether that be a venue or what have you. So there's already search terms in this title. And then we're doing the video content. So someone is staying online long enough to see it. And we're, you know, they're watching what we did. I always do a little description. So the this description is going to be, hey, this is where we were at. Here's a link. Hey, this is the things we used. Here's a link. Hey, these are, you know, some of the other vendors that were there that you see in the video. Here are their links. And then we do the captured content of whatever it is. I don't do it for 360 because typically that's already in the video. But if there's photos that we take that are okay to publish, I'll go ahead and, you know, publish, you know, four or five, six of those. You know, hey, here's what these are. And then it shows up all throughout the website. So if we did a roaming booth, that case study is going to show up on the roaming page at the bottom. So th all those things are all tied in together. So all these pages are all updating all the time. And I think that's really important because whenever we share these videos of what we did, you know, there's clients that of ours that send that to their clients from the venue, from uh, the planner from the cake person from the, Oh, they, they did this and look at our video and we're in here too. So it's always about really creating content that other people can benefit from. Um, there was one instance where I did just like a little social media video. Cause I don't know, I was just in the mood and I just did it a lot. And it was just kind of a nice little creative outlet for me to just kind of pass the time while I was at my event, especially if it was like an unattended thing. I did a thing in Boston and it was for they did like a game of thrones theme so i went on soundstripe.com and found like this like music that's like dun -dun 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 -dun, like it's very like game of thronesy and it was in the winter and they had a fire so i was like oh let me do this so i shot the fire in slow-mo i made this cool social media video and i was like hey like if you want to use it you know here's the whole file that way they can post it because they were doing a big like social media push they gave me like 300 a 300 tip from like making this video for them. I was like, what? <laughs> like, 
you're crazy. I was banking this because I was bored. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's a content-driven world, right? So even businesses that you don't think need content are always looking for things to post on social or post on their site to show what they're doing. So, so uh, let me. How do I say this? I think where I think differently about SEO, and and you may strongly disagree with me here, is that the problem with a business now in, the, in this digital age is that there's no one trick that works. And I think mm. I, see, I see a lot of people that are like, oh, I just need SEO. I just need SEO. Let me hire someone. Let me get to the top of the rankings. But what I see is that Google does not make money from organic search results. Like actually they just re- released their quarterly earnings report this week and they crushed earnings and the stock went up like crazy because they're making they're focusing more on profit. So where do they make their profit? It's the ads. And my problem with I'm not saying you shouldn't do SEO. You absolutely should. But I wouldn't rely solely on SEO and think it's a magic bullet because Google is incentivized to always put the ads up top. And if you search right now, if you go on the computer and search anything on Google, you're going to first see the ads. Then you're going to see like the geographic map and location results. And then you see the organic results. And usually the first few organic results are the thumbtacks, the wedding wires, these big brands that are very hard to knock off the top result, right? Sure. So even if you crush it in SEO, you're pretty far down the page. And I think you should try to get as high as you can, but you should also look at other things to do, getting other companies to refer you, like the other normal business marketing activities, maybe paying for ads on Google ads or uh, Facebook or whatever, but it can't be a one stop shop solution of getting business only relying on SEO. Because even if you got to the top spot, they roll out an update and then you're gone, right? So it's it's to me very risky to rely on that alone. And I just see a lot of people thinking with that mindset and that kind of worries me. That's kind of where I am right now is I'm so scared to lose my spot. <laughs> I, think, I, I, I really am. But you've also um, built like a whole network, Ryan. If you've got people I, I, sending you business, you, repeat clients, you know, there's a no, lot of other I things have, too. I have. And, and I, I have people that tell me just to chill the hell out and I'll be fine. <laughs> um, so that's, that's, I think a thing to think of is whenever you're doing these things, I'm lucky that I have, you know, that's another thing is Google also looks at how long your website has been there. My, I mean, it's been there a while, so it's already going to rank higher just because of that. Um, funny enough, whenever, whenever we were doing, uh, quarantine and that whole thing kind of first happened, I, and I already have explained like the mood that I was in and I literally just did not care about the business. I didn't care about anything. I was just going to sit down and chill out and whatever. I put up a virtual booth webpage for the hell of it. I worked maybe an hour to put together a webpage, threw it up there and let it go. I was ranking really, really high for absolutely no reason. And it was just because that's what people were searching for. They didn't know how to do it. And I, and there, there are people like Nicholas Rhodes with OutSnapped and, you know, the whole like SnapBar team that really put effort into virtual booths. I did not. I'm the first person to do it. I did not. I didn't care. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to do it. I was just going to be sitting there. I, you know, I, you know, my favorite thing to do during quarantine was I would go to the grocery store and I would make the little red lobster biscuits at the house. Oh my God. There is no better joy in life 
than red lobster biscuits in the comfort of your own home. Sounds sounds glorious. <laughs> sounds so pathetic. But that was the thing is like I didn't I didn't care, but at the same time like I didn't recognize that for just me being having my website up for long enough, having a webpage chock full of search terms that people were just happening to happening to be searching for, I I ranked high. And I can only imagine I probably would have retained that spot had I put some more effort into it. I just didn't. Because it just wasn't part of it wasn't part of, you know the what's the word I'm looking for? It just wasn't a part of the like the roadmap, I guess. Like I didn't know what trajectory we were going in. I, I, I have done a lot of virtual booths at this. I've made decent money off of it. I don't think that I don't think I've utilized it to it's like ultimate possibilities. Uh, we were, we had a conversation with Nicholas Rhodes out snapped. He was on calls every single day hustling trying yeah. to get people to do this, to do this virtual booth. And it was, I would like to say it was successful for him enough. I mean, I, I don't, I know he's, know I think you highlighted the two people that I think are the most successful in the world at virtual events. And I know Nick, you know, he was on, like he's on calls all day, every day. I mean, he put it. the effort into it. Yep. And I just had no, I had no desire to do that whatsoever. Yeah. And you know, I wonder this, this was an SEO episode but i just on this topic i wonder if the virtual event space is going to be a big enough space for everybody to do like the in-person booths or it's just going to be a few people that really take the bulk of the market um i'm not sure i think it's to be determined i think hybrid is going to be something that's mainstream but yeah absolutely and that's and that's viable as it is you know i was i was talking um about you know use applications for virtual to be used in a post covid world and i absolutely think it's still possible i just don't think that people are uh, adaptable enough to know how to use it correctly um there i think that whenever like races come back i think that it's very easy for brand and actually very 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 cost effective for brands to put out a virtual booth and i don't even know why i'm saying this right now but there are there are photo booth softwares that let's just say that the cost is going to be $99 per device if you were to deploy that to brand ambassadors let's say you hire 20 models to go do a fun run so we're going to do you know a 5k a half marathon a marathon whatever you hire 20 models and let's just say that Gatorade has paid you to send out these 20 models to take pictures. They can do it with their phones. That's fine. They can do it with phones, iPads, whatever. You have to pay $99 for each one of those devices. So $99, that's almost $2,000 for all these brand ambassadors to go do this stuff. With virtual, you can deploy the exact same thing, multiply it towards 40 models, and instead of downloading the apps on their own devices and being charged for those individual devices, you can now deploy a virtual booth, pay 20 bucks to have the link. Everyone gets it. You can double the amount of people, triple the amount of people, and still have that same 
hard cost. It's next to absolutely nothing. So I think that people use these things correctly and use how these things can can really, really, really work hard, especially now with like SnapPick. You can do a virtual booth with video. You can do it with stills. You can do it with GIFs. You can do it with boomerangs. There are so many different options available that you can do for $20, whereas previously it would be, you know, upwards of $100 per 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 unit. Yeah, I mean, I'll be the first to admit in the beginning, I didn't understand, like I didn't see the virtual booth. I didn't see where it can go. I didn't see what the use cases. I, I just didn't really get it at first. I struggled to get it. Now I, I don't struggle to get it. I think there's definitely a use case for it. And clearly like the people we mentioned, I, I know a lot of people are crushing it with virtual events. A lot of big companies are, are clients and paying them a lot of money for it. So there's definitely, it's proven to me, it's proven to be viable. The only question I have is just, is it going to be viable for the whole market or is it going to be a, a smaller market with a fewer players? Um, I guess that's to be determined. I don't know. You know, I, I think that everyone is going to have their own place for it. But yes, I think that there's going to be a good chunk of people that will s- still handle the bulk of it. And, and the reason I say that is because uh, there's no geographic limitation. So, you know, let's say the snap bars of the world or the Nicholas's of the world. Um, they can take all of the clients, right? It, you're, you're not comp- you're not competing with the best in the world, no matter where you're located. Versus the events, you know, there's only so many people in New York. There's only so many people in Texas. Uh, there's enough for a lot of people, right? With virtual, it's just it, that's the beauty of it. If you if you really get into it, that you can really work anywhere in the world. It's amazing. Well, and I think that it's also really possible for. Uh, again, I think the, the the way how local people use it is the hybrid part of it. Um, I think that if you get a trade show that has, you know, five photo booths or what have you, you absolutely can offer them, you know, $1,000, $2,000 option to do a virtual booth that they get to deploy to all the people that didn't get to make it. I think that there's a lot of things happening in hybrid world. Um I think that there are a lot of people that are doing more virtual events because they can make more money. They don't have the cost of flying everyone out there, getting equipment out there, printing stuff. I think that those things all kind of go go hand in hand. Um, but anyways, I don't know. I think yeah. that that's just something that – Yeah, no, just, just to kind of tie it up in a bow is we talked about a lot of different things here, the website, the SEO, virtual events. And I think it kind of illustrates the – the challenges of having a business now, you know, in 2022 and beyond, that there's so many things to be on top of. How do I do the online marketing? Do I do SEO? Do I do PPC? Do I do Google? Are virtual events a thing? How do I make sure my website's up to date? Um, but that's also where the opportunities are, right? That, there's things are always changing. There's always new ways to go. There's new roads that open up. There's new opportunities. Um, so you can look at it as a challenge, but you can also look at it as a fun opportunity that there's always new things to pursue. One of the things that I've been doing whenever I am kind of going through this long, arduous process of updating updating the website, honestly, the most difficult part of this is taking the blog and transferring it to the new thing because there's no way for me to export everything and then just import it. So I kind of have to build it out one by one. That's the only thing that just is really tedious. Um, but for the most part is I'm kind of doing things that I think that I've always wanted to do, but just was always kind of limited previously. Um, 
granted, like I've said before, there's a much larger staff now. There's m- more opportunities for my team to create content. And I think everyone's really excited to to create that content. What I really get a kick out of was on the cruise, we had talked about doing a YouTube channel. And that is something that is is in the works right now. By no means is it meant to be I told so I have I have two senior staff that kind of they're, they're like Lucy and Ricky or Fred Nethel. I mean, they're just, they're just joined at the hip and whenever they're kind of, I had brought up the idea of doing a YouTube channel. I'm like, please note, this is not you two going, hello, welcome to my channel. That is absolutely not what is happening here. What is happening is we're going to take the events that we do produce them, put them on YouTube, make sure that those things have search terms. It's optimized for YouTube, making sure that, because that's another thing that people don't realize is Pinterest and Google are search engines. I'm sorry, Pinterest and YouTube are search engines. Whenever you're looking to do something or learning how to do something or you're researching something, you're going to go to Google, Pinterest, and YouTube. Those are the things that you're going to do. So I think that if YouTube is a potential for an entry point we can do that as well um i just got a kick out of that they just thought that they were just going to turn this into into their show and they're going to start a daily vlog and i'm like no 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 no, not happening not happening everybody wants wants to be a professional youtuber nowadays (laughs) no one no one wants to see that um but one of the things that i really am enjoying right now is and this episode will go out i think about the same time that this new website is launched um However, one of the things that I've done is we've put together Spotify playlists with our team. And to me, that's just been so fun. So what we'll do is I've been coming up with a theme. So the first theme that we did was hype. What song do you like to listen to whenever you need to get hyped up? So we, uh, our, our team relies on Slack. So I put it in Slack. I was like, hey, let me know what songs you want to go into the Spotify playlist. This is going on the website. Everyone came out with, you know, well, this is my walk-up song. Well, this is the song that I listen to when I'm in the shower, you know, about to get ready to, this is a song. And it was just so much fun. And I, I really appreciated, you know, my team for doing that. And a, a good chunk of them have horrible taste in music. Um, but other than that, I think that it was also, it's also kind of fun because that's actually something that I did during uh, COVID. So whenever everyone did their, they had their website, COVID happened. They all put up this little sad little we'll be back page, which was just horrible. And to me, a sorry excuse, but whatever. One of the things that I did was I did a, I called it Coronacation. And I did a Coronacation Spotify playlist and it was just hysterical. More people have talked to me about that Spotify playlist than anything else. And I absolutely know that with my clients and with the people that were still kind of like attempting to salvage their events or whatever, they really appreciated that. And they got to see that there was a little bit of humor and a little bit of personality while still being sort of not really clean and corporate. But I mean, at the same time, like that's, it's just kind of the vibe that I guess it was going with, but um, no, I really, I really appreciated that. And I really enjoyed that. My clients enjoyed that. You know, Ryan, you've also, you've always been known as like a content machine, right? And I think mm. a lot of your success is attributed to that. And it sounds like now with your team, you can do more and more content. And just like going through this whole conversation in this episode, the thought occurred to me, and I kind of made a throwaway comment earlier. Um, 
it reminds me of like this. I think Bill Gates said this thing back in the day that uh, when the internet was first coming out and nobody really knew what it was, he was saying that if if you're not online, you're basically going to be out of business. Like every business is going to be an online business. And I think the change today is that everybody is in the content business. You know, a lot of people just don't know it yet. Whether you're a photo booth business or whatever kind of business, whether you sell cookies online, at the end of the day, the way the world is now with all the social media and and sharing of things online, you are in the content business. And it fits into everything we talked about with Canva and SEO and all these other things. It's really all on the back of creating content, showing your product, showing your service, showing what you do. Um, That is really... I think the secret here, there's a lot of work around that, right? There's a lot that goes into that. But at the end of the day, that is the world that we're in, content creation. And even our clients are in that world. They're creating contents for their events. They're creating content for their employees. How do you help them make content that'll promote their business? It's all about the content, really, is kind of what I'm trying to communicate. You know, and that's the thing is, I think that that's something that I recognized very, very, very early on in what we were doing. And, you know, the whole thing is that we're trying to, we're trying to make things for people that they can't do on their phones. And, and, and with each passing day, that becomes harder and harder and harder. So it's, it's always about, adapting and changing, adapting and changing. I think our stuff changes easily every three months, if if not more than that. I mean, SnapPick will come up with an update and they'll say, oh, hey, we can do this now, throw a wrench and everything. You know, I think that there's things that um, become popular that previously weren't. If I, it, well, gosh, Ryan, I need to keep my mouth shut. This is, the, I just need to keep my mouth shut. Like that, I just, I just can't anymore. I just I can't anymore. The message is that um, to people listening, you're not a photo booth business. You're a content business. Yeah. And the sooner you realize that, the better. The whole thing is, again, create things that people can't create on their phone. So one of the things that would just boggle my flipping mind is whenever you go to an event and then let's just say it's just like a, you know, crappy little wedding and there is this, you know, smart Alec from San Francisco and this guy comes up and he's like, oh, so it's just an iPad. First of all, nothing makes my blood boil more than it's just an iPad. iPads now can accomplish the same photo that you could get on a digital camera just a few years ago. So the quality doesn't really bug me, but the quality, <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time I heard that. I think like you're right. We went to the moon on less than what we have in, in the iPad, right? So it's not just what yeah. it is. It's what do you do with it? Absolutely. And I think the whole thing is, is yes, Canva is, a very cheap and low end product that does not mean that it does not have high end applications. That does not mean that you can't use its convenience to harness whatever power to, you know, sell to a gigantic client. I've done it. I, 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 I did it a couple weeks ago and no one knew. I think it's also about the creativity and what you bring to that table. So if you are, I have said this a million times over, I will never, ever do a 360 with an overlay on it. If I see a 360 with a little tiny ass square 
with this stupid little happy birthday and then a picture and then, oh my gosh, put a bullet in my head. That is, you're just wasting this. You're absolutely wasting its capability. You're wasting, this is where, th see, this is where I need to go to some sort of anger management. Because because whenever I talk about this, I just get so passionate about, about what my job is. But now that I've, I'm just going to say this. If you are going to do a little square with a little overlay that says happy birthday, and then a photo of someone, what are, what are, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? You are absolutely not creating anything unique or new or beneficial or there is absolutely no creativity in what you're doing. And the whole purpose, and th th this is what boggles my mind, is someone is going to say, oh, well, we charge, you know, la, 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 la. And I'm not going out for, I'm not putting on my shoes for anything less than blah, 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 blah. But to me, if you are giving someone a very clean setup, you're making sure that the delivery experience is flawless. You're, the content that you're giving them is thoughtful and, and creative and intentional. That is what commands a certain price point. You can't tell me that you're going to do, I don't know, Ismail, save me from myself. I I'm think I'll, I'll sum it up for you. I think this way, you can't have it both ways. You can't charge, oh, I'm going to charge this and I won't get out of bed for this and do the work lazily, right? If you want to get the top dollar, you got to do the work. I think that's what Ryan's trying to say. I'm trying to say that there's, if anyone wants to know my real opinion, just message me. I'll let you know my opinion. Because uh, we have a phrase for this at the office. <laughs> um, but anyways, so, and then another thing that I've, lastly, the the thing that I've been revisiting is my uh, intake form. So the intake form that we currently have is a very boring form. Um, what I am doing is implementing a new form that will be more interactive and immersive. So I'm very excited to be doing that. Um, and there's finally integrations that can happen to where this will pop into the booking system. Um, so I'm very, very, very happy to finally be incorporating that. And I must say this, it has taken so many years for everything to just kind of be almost, almost on one system. So right now I think we're down to about three, but all those systems talk to one another. So it's almost like it's one. It has taken forever for that to happen. And I mean, yay for technology, because this is just something that does not, it, it, it takes some effort for it to look like this. So one of the things that I really appreciate is our website, the domain name of the booking system and the domain name of uh, the um, photo delivery system are all the same to where the phone number, if so, like whenever you get uh, a text message from the photo booth, it comes from a certain phone number. If you were to call that phone number, that phone number funnels back into our system. Um, and I'm very, very proud that all of this stuff is finally working. Um, granted, I think it's been working for about two years now. Um, but now it's just kind of at a little bit of a higher level. So anyways, that's just something I like. You're just always ahead of the game line. It's like a James Cameron, you know, he had the idea for avatar, but he had to and wait just, for technology, technology wasn't ready yet. Yeah. You know, I feel his pain. Let me tell you, I, I, I really do. I really do. It just, I'm glad someone came to work today. That's what I'm uh, saying. <laughs> 
No, and and uh, the, the the thing that I uh, I kind of always have to stress is you always have to be ahead of the curve. You always have to be looking out for the next thing. What's happening? We we have three brand new things that we're doing this year that one of which has not been done before that I'm just, I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to figure it out and it'll be fine. Um, but I think that's, that's part of, that's part of the beauty of creativity is creativity comes from constraint. And right now, one of those constraints is just currently the technology that we're in, but we will figure it out. 